Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What's going on? It's your boy JR, a.k.a. Deuce Maddie. And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And it's the guy show. And we have a special guest. Hold on, before we even start, make sure y'all like and subscribe, okay? Because I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but all this shit costs me. And if you just like and subscribe, it'll really make me happy, and I'll keep giving the game. So like, subscribe, download, tell your friends, share. We need it, right? We, we are a poor podcast, okay? We're trying to get there, but I appreciate the love. Now, I have a special guest, one of my closest friends. I think he calls my mom, mom, my bro, I love that he's like one of the he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And the best way I like to describe this man, Damon Thomas, before we introduce is that I didn't I wasn't around during the Rick James fuck your couch era. Like I always <laughs> wish that I was around during the Rick James fuck your couch, nigga. I wish I was around for that, right? Because I'm like that. So the closest thing I've ever experienced to that experience is rolling with my bro. Give it up for Damon motherfucking Thomas. Give it up for Damon Thomas, man. Thank you, for Damon, for coming on the show. Shout out to my bro. I appreciate you coming. This is my bro. I love him. Hold on, hold on. First of all, this is gonna be like. We probably got to do a 10 episode, <laughs> episode show. We got a lot of stuff. Y'all going to see him all the time. That's why I need y'all to keep liking and sharing, but y'all going to see him all the time. But yep. yeah, man, so let's get into the show. You got, you got, you got it, JR. Let's do that thing. Yeah, man. You know, so I'm sitting here with two music savants. So first, I just want to ask both of y'all, you know, what songs you listen to right now? What songs are we listening to? Right what songs am I listening to right now? Uh, I can't lie, man. I, I listen to, I don't want to say that because that's, that's going to start trouble already. You know what I've been listening to every day now? The 444 album. Why? Because I feel like, I believe that's in Jay's top three albums, but it just feels like it's an album about a black man who is trying to break through glass ceilings, and he gives you the motivation to break through those ceilings. So, you know, he just talked about, you know, he just was giving you game, like, and it was his most vulnerable album, but I just like that he... You know, Hove has always been like the braggadocious, I'm the boss, you know, nobody better than me. So to hear him say, refer to himself as Dumbo, it's like, damn, bro. Like, so Jay-Z's 444 album, that's all I'm bumping right now. Just right now. That's what I'm bumping. What about you? Well, it's different. Now, um, if you would ask me this six months ago, I would have had a list, right? A popular list, right? But now I'm in songwriter kill mode. I like, I want to beat my placement, um... Next year, I plan to beat my placement record. And I What's think your placement record? 85 songs in one year. So I plan on beating that. And that's real. No cap. That's what we beat. We did. And we did Dream Girls that same year. So that was 60, not concluding the 61 songs that we produced for Dream Girls. That was 85 placements that year. So I want y'all to know, like, 
I really got some really powerful and legendary friends. And Damon was one half of the underdogs. But before he even got to the underdogs, he was one of the biggest writers in R&B, producers in R&B, period. But, man, I just got to tell y'all something, man. Like, so let me tell you how I met Damon. I just signed a deal with Rondor, yep. Kevin Hall, yep. who... Y'all had y'all deal with. We right? had our public. Had, they had that, so they had to deal with. So, you know, Rondor had, you know, seats to the Lakers game, right? Yep. And if you've ever been to a Lakers game, the Lakers game has a VIP entrance that all the celebrities enter, right? But it's so like. My tickets, by the way, let's be clear. My tickets were my tickets. They no, 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 no. That's what I'm about to get at. I see, yeah, see yeah. what I'm saying? The Rick James show. That's the story I'm about to tell. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, we go to the, so, you know, I'm like, every time I'm in LA, we go into the Lakers game. We got, we got our seats. So, you know, but we parked. On the we parked on the VIP line, so Lakers game. First of all, they Hollywood as fuck. Like, it's, it's the best. It's, it's like it's like this is Kobe era. By yeah, the this way. is yeah, this is Kobe. I think the game we went to was Kobe versus LeBron. By the way, so it's crazy. But you had the VIP area that you could walk over to the VIP valet area where you yep. could walk over to the VIP entrance, which is what we did, and then you had the entrance where your car was in the front of the door. No question. So we was in the VIP where we had to walk to the entrance. Damon was at. His car was in the front of, yeah. of it, the Staples Center. Was it, which car was it? It was a white Rolls Royce, white. right? So Damon yeah. hops out a white Rolls Royce. I, I can't, I can't even, like, just, I, he didn't have a Jerry Curl, but he should have. <laughs> That's how his aura felt. It just felt like. What year was this? This had to be, like, 2009. It's felt so like. So check this out. In 2009, I jumped out the Rolls Royce. I'm chrome hard jewelry down. I'm about to say. That's he, before the Migos and all the niggas started wearing any of that. I was doing that since 98. No, so he jumps out the Rolls Royce. Three bad chicks. <laughs> he loud as fuck, calling everybody nigga. That's what, that's what I mean by freak James. <laughs> Everybody's getting referred to as nigga. The motherfucking white man with the fucking jacket on and let's show what's up, my nigga. That's my nigga right there. Oh, that my nigga. It was like, I'm telling you, it felt like Rick James. I'm trying to tell you, the nigga should have had a jerry curl because I'm like, this nigga is incredible. So he jumps out and he's like, yeah, you know, I got my, oh, y'all said to y'all seats. Okay, good for y'all. We we a little closer to the floor. Y'all holler at y'all. He was like, the king of the niggas. Like, it was like, you know, it's hard to have that. So, I met him as that. So I always wanted to be cool with him because I'm brand new in the game. I'm like, I like this nigga. You know, because Kevin, because Kevin Hall was like, he was like, he's like a button-up guy. Like he's, Kevin is like kind of square. I yeah. like him. Cool though. No, he but he 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 was the first guy. He was like the first true male mentor I had getting yeah. once I got in the game. He's actually somebody that changed my life. That's but that's a whole other story. But he changed my life. So Kevin, love him to death. And, you know, but then, you know, Kevin's like, yeah, the underdogs. And he will always brag on y'all because y'all just signed. I'm going to tell you when it was. It was when y'all just signed James Fauntleroy. Yep. And no air was dropped. No air. Yep. Chris, um, Chris Brown and Jordan Sparks was out. And they were like, I mean, it's like I said, this is the king of niggerdom. Like, it's like. Now, let's say something about the Rondor deal. The Rondor underdog publishing deal was, first of all, you know, it was universal. So any contract that was given, that was a universal contract. So sometimes you hear writers online and they talk about the underdogs, this and that and the other. They all hire their own lawyers to negotiate with Universal. Let's be clear. And that's what that was a standard contract for new songwriters. Underdogs couldn't possibly give out a bad deal to someone because it was Universal. So 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 I'm gonna be I'm gonna tell you so I'm being honest with you, and you know I'll tell you. I've never heard nothing bad about y'all deals. No, it was just some it was a couple of the writers that um that were signed who First of all, the most amazing thing to me is it's one female writer. I know she'd be online talking. 
she ain't never had no hit. How are you talking about your publishing deal and you ain't had no hit? People can be so ungrateful. <laughs> You're not even talented. Harvey signed her. I did, she don't have to talk about me because I thought she was horrible. I didn't even sign her. She's not even, I said, I don't want even to make no money off of her because she's so trash. So, I don't know who you talk about. Um, I can't think of her name right now. I'll think of it. But okay. She's a female. Female. And um, but she be talking trash. And then this, then did some other people talk. But the, at, the re, at the end of the day, the underdogs provided a platform and a plate for everybody to eat. Agree. There's a lot of millionaires from the underdogs. Agree. I ain't gonna lie. So, I showed so, up. I so, showed up. I was trying to hang outside the studio to get in too. So and let's be clear, the underdogs are Damon Thomas and Harvey Mason Jr. Anybody beyond that, we collaborated with. We had an underdog camp. Don't you yeah. got a radar camp? Yeah. Does that make them radar? Does that make them no, uh, me. you or Tehran? No, they don't. Right? Hell so no. Don't. We I, had a whole meeting about trying to. We was, yeah. I, we was about to fight a couple of the people today because we yeah, decided to have a whole meeting. I got but, people. I got people online talking about they the co-founder. If you ain't, what? who said that? I can't really say because I don't want to. I know who said it, but you can't be the co-founder of the underdogs. Damon and Harvey, they wasn't in them th- two hundred meetings with us and Clive Davis. They didn't do no movies. You didn't do Dream Girls. You didn't do. Bobby, you didn't do uh, uh, Straight Out of Compton. You didn't do Pitch Perfect one, two, and three. You didn't do Sing. You didn't do any of them. Movies. You ain't the underdogs. Now, and so, how did you and Harvey meet to become the underdogs? How did what? Uh, how did you and Harvey meet? Okay, um, Harvey and I met, and I didn't know how. I didn't even know the whole story to this until Rodney Jerkins told me this after me and Harvey spoke. But Harvey and I met, and I had this in the house. My first, the house that we started underdogs mm-hmm. in. Was uh, I was, that was my first? That was my marriage house. Yeah, he was, I had a studio. We gonna get to, we gonna get to I that. Love, y'all, what y'all understand? I want to just give him the show. I just want to give him the show. Go ahead. So, <laughs> so Harvey, I met. I went, so this is here's the real story. Babyface told me after having this run of number one, my first number one records were with Babyface. So um, shout out to that's my mentor. shout out to the goat. He's, yeah, he's the goat. Nobody beats. The show, him. By the way, the show is called Goats and Underdogs. That's right. Babyface is definitely on the goat. He's on, he's on the baby face is on the <laughs> yeah, goat list. Exactly. He's got a goat in your arm. And y'all the underdogs. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I didn't even yeah. think about that. That's crazy. Yeah. So Babyface, he uh, he signed me. And I had an opportunity. Let me teach y'all about opportunity because I know you always talk nah, about Nah, talk your, I, this, I'm Listen, turning the show over you. I had a choice. Big John and Jody Garrison. Gerson. Gerson. Jody Garrison. They offered me three. Because I had done Brandy's first album and Tupac. Those are my... That's my first oh, can, entry. Can I get a two? I'm sorry, I got to get a Tupac story. We'll get a Tupac story. Ah, oh, it's too much. But you know that Brandy story. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. one of my favorite Tupac the records Brandy, of all time. The Brandy story ties into the thing you want to talk about. Oh, no, no, bit. but you did one of my. Guess how old Ray J is when I do the Brandy album? How old? 10. Get so the fuck out of Get the fuck out of here. No, real talk. He's 10 years old. She's 13. <laughs> 14 or whatever. He's 10, nigga. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, go ahead. Well, he got that. So y'all did. You were Harvey. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. so, um, um, I was talking. What was I talking? What was I at? What was I at? Hey, man, see, I just want to tell y'all this. This your just, I would say because, oh, your baby face signed. We really oh, friends. We really friends. So, I, I'm going to be doing more laughing than anything else. Go okay, ahead. Okay, check it out. So, I have an opportunity. The opportunity is they want to give me 350000 but baby face tells me, hey, um, Kenny, I'll call him. Kenny, call Kenny. Kenny. Kenny tells me, hey, um, I'm going to give you $75,000, but I'm going to show you. I heard your music. I know where I know how to make you great. Turn, great. I know how yeah. to turn you into a real producer. Yeah. I'm gonna teach you how to because at that time I'm making more tracks than I'm writing. Yeah. I'm gonna show you how to write. Mm. And I'm gonna show you how to do all of this stuff, right? But I'm only gonna give you seventy five thousand dollars. Mm. I said I'm gonna take the seventy five thousand dollars. So you so you have five times 
more money if you would have went with Big John and Jody. I didn't want the check. I knew that I, I knew what I wanted to learn. Mm. And people make the mistake of I got to get to the bag. I got to get to the bag. Sometimes you got to get to. You the saw that I posted. I just posted. Yeah, yeah I just posted. I was get, like, that's why I had to come on. That's why I called Jack. Put me on that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on there because I know what to say. Nah, but sometimes because you know, everybody is so busy being fooled by money. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's. You got to go long. You got to think of your long term thing more than you got to think about that bag that's in front of you. And I thought about that. And let me tell you the thing, baby. What Babyface didn't tell me because he was getting a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I think, a song at that point. What he didn't tell me is I'm gonna give you forty of that. For real? Yeah, I got that. So, so I, I made up. Face. I made up for the first three hundred, and I made more than that the first year. Mm. But he never told me I was gonna get that. So what was your first hit that y'all? No, hold on. So what was your first hit you did with Babyface? The first song that I did with Babyface that came out was Never Gonna Let You Go by Faith Evans. Mm, and that was love written that by You Know Who, but I ain't gonna say that right now. But listen, <laughs> hold on, hold on. That was my first number one record. And, and um, then I did These Are The Times, and that was the second one with Babyface. Drew Hill. Yeah. Incredible. You so, know he did the other time with Drew Hill. I don't know. You're gonna find out how legendary he is. No, okay. can I tell you something about tell that? Us. Let me tell you the difference between, because Teron, your partner, writes a lot of Hot 100. Yeah. And what I've done, what I've, ch- I've changed my career. I'm in conversion mode. Next year, I'm going to have records come out, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be Hot 100 records because our, the underdogs, we did Hot 100 records, but we did a lot of R&B songs, yeah. right? And the difference between an R&B copyright and a Hot, one copyright, a Hot 100 copyright is night and day. I remember getting my first, because I did Pink, right? And Pink was on the face. And we did a song called Most Girls, and then we had to put in this toy, right? And the toy sold, so we got the publishing from the toy. What? And my royalty check was like bananas. I said, this ain't what the brandy check look like. <laughs> <laughs> you got a million dollars over here versus 150000 It was different. Oh, wow. So I, I, and, I, and, and as creatives, we never think, let me go for, as business people, you got to think, you could be like, I want to be stuck. I got to do R&B. I got to exactly. say this. You got to get on the Hot 100. Go, it's business. Go where the business is going. Drive, write the records that are going to drive you to get the most money. Go, go the route that's going to take, I know this sounds crazy, but go the route that's going to take the longest. Yes. Because the people that, and we know a lot of people that took the elevator. Took the elevator. I, 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 man, I, you wouldn't believe how many people I've seen take the elevator. But the higher you get, if you don't get that stamina up climbing up them stairs, the air is thinner up there. Yeah, it is. So you took the elevator, but you can't breathe up there like you once was. You got to. Yeah. So I always say, take the route that's going to make you the best. Because yes. if you take the route that's the quickest, bro, you're going to get there. Yep. But then, you know, like I, Jeff Dixon always says, won't be around next year. Because well, <laughs> I've been doing this. I'm, in, I'm, three, I'm a three-generational producer. That means mm-hmm. I've been in this for 30 years. Right since I was eighteen. Mm. So if you if you if you look at after after having this number one record with Babyface and he tells me, hey man, you gotta go, you gotta go do your own thing. Man, that crushed me. What do you mean? What, hold on, why he tell you that though? Like what happened? Because I think he's first of all, you gotta think he's Babyface. He's the biggest person in the world. I just think he wanted. He said, hey, I don't think that people are gonna see past my name and ever know who you are. Man, shout out to Babyface. That's fire. So he threw me out the nest. And then you go, go out, so you leave Babyface, so now, what I'm happens? Sorry, I'm sorry, now you got to go get it again, right? But you got so, a name, though, and you got hits under your belt. Yeah, I got a name. So mm-hmm. I go to Rodney Jerkins to work on Michael Jackson, I can say that, right? I go to work on Michael with Rodney, and that's where I meet Harvey Mason Jr. And what was he doing in the room? He was the engineer, for, but he also produced and wrote. But he was really, the way I saw it, was the engineer, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that he was 
I didn't, I didn't know he was a he's by the way he's one of the most amazing producers on the planet right he's like he's literally like i call harvey the r&b dr dre yeah he is because he yeah. can he can mix yeah he's gonna produce vocals he's gonna do all of that and i think the, the great combination with us is i'm a creative force i'm gonna write a thousand songs and how many keys up. you got in your hands how many chords you got in your, 550 billion and counting i'm bigger than mcdonald's on the count the first time I met him, first time I met him, I'm an A&R epic. I walk in the room and I'm like, you know, I'm, I know who they are, obviously. And I met him with Kevin, but he don't notice at the time. This, this years later, I'm just like, oh, the underdogs, hell yeah. I walk in the room, he gives me a big hug. Like he know, like he knew me forever. He said, you know how many motherfucking cores I got in my hand? 550 billion cores. That's what, like I said, he was like I Rick was James. 50 million back there. <laughs> He's now like Rick James. Like I got five. How many motherfuckers you know got 550 billion cores in their motherfucking fingers right now? And I'm like, I don't know any. I do, nigga. Now you know somebody. Now let's make some fucking hits. And I'm like, I want to work with this dude. I just want to work with this dude. It was dude. energy for me. You yeah. know what? We had a lot of people around. And you got to be that guy that's, Harvey is quiet. He's yeah. not saying nothing. So I was the, 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 the one who would um, keep, get the room going, get the writers going, get everybody excited. That was kind of, we, we definitely were yin and yang mm -hmm. in terms of, and I think that works in partnerships. Exactly. Um, so y'all met, and then y'all met at Rodney Jergen's studio, and then y'all decided. We went to go work on Michael Jackson. I was working on Michael for a week with Rodney. And um, I did this amazing track. And Harvey told Rodney, I didn't know this at the Hey man, I can do what he do. You don't need to. You don't need to work with him. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Harvey, I'm not dissing you. This is great <laughs> but uh, he made his move. Har yeah, he made his move. Harvey is, by the way, Harvey Harvey's also smart. one of the smartest. I was about to say yeah, Harvey's yeah, also he, one of the he's smartest. He's smart. Uh, he one of the smartest men. He made his move, and yeah. there was and there was um, some fallout that I can't speak about, mm -hmm. and um, to respect both of them because I respect both of them. And um, Harvey called me. He was like, Hey man, you want to? Um, Let's make a record together. And we wrote I Like Them Girls. The first song we did was I Like Them Girls for um, Tyrese Gibson. Mm -hmm. And um, and, and um, Jay Valentine, of course, he wrote that record with us. That was the first underdog song. And we sold that song. Can I tell you about that? Tell me. This Come is, on, bigger, tell, than, this tell is me. bigger than the publishing deal in itself. <laughs> now, talking to Jay, Jay said that we sold it four times, but I only believe we sold it three times. And this is how. You sold the same song three times? <laughs> Hold on. This is going to get crazy. <laughs> So at this point, Larry Jackson calls me. He doesn't know about the underdog stuff. He just knows that I'm a, I'm hot, and he wanted to he wanted to um, he wanted to work with me. And I said, Well, I got a partner now, and we starting this new thing. I don't even think we titled it yet, but we, we we're gonna be a production team like Jimmy and Terry, and um, or L.A. and Babyface. He said, I'm in, and that was our connection to Clive. Clive pretty much changed I our love entire Larry. lives. I love Clive. Love Doug Davis, Fred Davis. They all. First person to ever put me on a plane on the music business for a meeting was Larry Jackson. Yeah, Larry Jackson's legit. By the way, for all you guys, ambition. That's the word I was looking for before. Y'all said tenacious. Yeah. Okay. There he was 17. It's yeah. smart. He was brilliant, brilliant when he started. Right? So we're, we're, um, we, we do I Like Them Girls for Tyrese, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, I'd already been working on, wait, I don't think, no, Tyrese wasn't on Jay yet. Mm -hmm. Okay, he we were working on other stuff for Clyde, mm -hmm. but okay, so let's go back to I like them girls. Ty, it was it went to it went to whatever label Ty receives with RCA at the mm -hmm. time. So Kevin, Anthony Morgan, yeah, 
Sold it to Anthony Morgan for hundred thousand dollars. The first underdog song went for hundred grand. Yeah. Right, because I'm already thinking I didn't left Babyface. I gotta get to that hundred. I got number one records. Exactly. Run it up. Run it up. <laughs> no niggas is getting a hundred grand a record right now. Nobody, Nobody. ever. It's not ever happening. It's not gonna happen again. again. And no. I thought that we were losing by only getting a hundred because R. Kelly and Timberland and Babyface was getting one fifty two fifty. Yeah, Timberland so, got like Tim, I think I think I oh, said a rumor that Timberland got half a million for a track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Nobody yeah. today getting a hundred. Never, fuck no. Why? It's not happening. It's just different. Business. It's the way the business works. It's just shifted. It's well, shifted. let me say this: If you're someone and you're going in, first of all, if you know anything about pop music, the, the advances don't matter to them. Yeah, they don't care. Like, like they don't care. And I'm in that there. Like, like yeah, yeah. like so the, the, in pop music, the, like in in black music, I'm just gonna be honest. Like in black music, it's all about the check first, yeah, yeah. right? But like in pop music, you know, like. The, the guy, I don't even know his name, Chris Antonoff. Antonoff yeah. that did the whole Taylor Swift album. He probably didn't even care what his advance was. Because for them, they know that they're going to sell millions of records. Yeah. And they're going to get more points and no more everything. So, but now in today's era, I mean, if you did Taylor Swift's whole album, you get 100000 a track if you want to. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, Drake ain't ever paying nobody 100000 Like, you got to look at it like, who can afford to pay? It's only people who get 100000 Hundred thousand on track is people who are featuring on people's records. Or like, the or like, or like, if you like a, it can be switch. If you like Lady Gaga, yeah. and you want to get a hundred thousand dollars, but Lady Gaga ain't working with Jr. and Ray. Lady Gaga is working with her friends. Her friends. And when you in a room so with your friends, friends, it's not money is last. Yeah. The only thing that matters is let's make the best record. Like they're not tripping off of splits. Yeah. They're not doing none of that. None, that. none of that shit matter to them. It's just literally we're gonna make the best song we can make. Period. That's yeah. the only goal. Yeah. I got a couple questions for y'all that we're going to really get, <laughs> let me get into. Let me, it. let me finish the harmony. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I took over your nah, job. Go ahead, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't, what, this is the only rule. I, I like what Damon likes. You know how Callis said I like what Drake likes? I like what Damon likes. Whatever Damon wants to talk about, yeah. that's what we're going to talk so, about. So y'all can edit this however nah, you want to edit it. Listen, shit. check it out. So in the, the transition of the underdogs, when we after we do the first song, oh, I was selling the song. So yeah. This is, you got to put this on the interview. This is great. <laughs> but we sell it to 100 grand to RCA. And then Tyrese, because all artists, Tyrese didn't want to sing How You Gonna Act Like That. We're going to get to that later. All artists said, decided, I don't like that song. Back then, because it was a lot of money, a lot more yeah. money. He said he didn't want the song. I'm like, cool, nigga. Sold that shit to Sam Salter, the L.A. Reef, for 100 grand. <laughs> Another 100. Bow Wow. Sam Salter gets dropped. So now we got to like them girls again. And Tyrese decides he wants it back. Well, nigga, if you want it back, run it up. Run it up. <laughs> <laughs> All day long. So <laughs> that song went for a few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> According to Jay Valentine and them, they said I sold it four times, but I only sold it three times, right? And then from then, we did song deals, and they started it with Clive. That's when we started the Clive era. And it, okay, and it's something very important you got to know. When you, the way you run it up, like, Timberland got that much money, Polo got that much money, right? But you had to have a home, right? So when I came into the music business, everybody knew. Pharrell, uh, Timberland, no, not Pharrell. I don't know if it was Timberland. Pharrell, Dre, those was Jimmy guys. Yep. No, it was Dre. Yeah, Pharrell, um, Will I Am, yeah, Will Polo, I am. Yep. those are Jimmy guys. So the only way you're going to get a record from one of Jimmy's guys is if you're going to pay more. Because the only way Jimmy is going to feel comfortable letting his guy sell a record that because no CEO, well, it's so different now. Yeah, it's different. The business, I mean, bro, ain't nobody, the business, ain't nobody running the like business, that. So, it was nobody running like that. So, like, the business was like, you knew who was with who. 
it was like everybody had teams. So Polo, Tim, uh, uh, Pharrell, fucking Dre, those was Jimmy guys. Like, look at history. How many records has Dr. Dre produced outside of Interscope? None. Like, Mary may, J. May, maybe a Dr. Dre record. Mary, maybe Mary a J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, but Mary J. Blige wound up signing the Interscope. Yeah, yeah. So, but then the underdogs are Clive's guys. Clive's. So, so Puff Diddy, yeah. Clive's guys. Yeah. So, so if you, so if you ask, LA and Babyface, Clive's. Clive, yeah. So if you ask Damon for a record, you gonna have to pay top dollar because he's Clive's guy. Period. Like, well, no negotiation. And not only yeah. that, no. But here's how it goes: you knew you called him and you wanted to pick Clive's pocket. Like I spoke to Clive Davis one day for an hour on a Saturday afternoon. Ray Daniels. One day we spoke for an hour on a Saturday, <laughs> and, and it was about. Buying a record. It was about buying a record. And I, and I was in the car with my uncle and my uncle Michael who lives with me. And, I, and he was like, and I put it on speakerphone and he was like, who is that? I said, Clive Davis. He was like, well, why the fuck? He's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to sell you on something. And he's like, Jimmy doesn't have yeah. a voice like Whitney over there. Because we were Jimmy's guys, right? So we, we was Jimmy's guys. We really wasn't. We was Akon's guys. Right. Who was... Akon was Jimmy guy. Akon was definitely Jimmy. Akon was Jimmy guy. And then Jimmy, it's like literally, we're going to need 20 shows. I ain't going to lie. We're going to need 20 shows. Because it's so much shit. Like, we was Akon's guys, and Akon was Jimmy guy. So we kind of by default was Jimmy's guy, even though we didn't really talk to him like that. It was just, oh, your guys did a song? Akon, give it to me. So it was a song we did. And I'm going to interrupt you really quick. It was a song we did. We played a record for Clive, and it was a song we did called Mrs. Glass. We wrote it, and Jimmy was like, I'm cutting this on Eve. Munch it. It's a record we wrote for, I think we wrote it for, we just wrote it, but Jimmy was like, I'm cutting on Eve. And we like, Eve? E- e- Eve's not a singer, she's a rapper. Eve can sing it. We're cutting it on Eve. So Clive Davis hears it. He's like, I want it on Whitney. It's going to be a Whitney single. The voice So now. I'm like, you know, I'm new to the game. I just don't want to fuck up. Man, shout out, bruh. That's how I know Larry Jackson is a fucking monster. He is. No, Larry Jackson, he's quiet. His vocabulary is beyond any human being. But he's quiet, brilliant, but I didn't know. You wouldn't know he had that in him. And I remember I played Mrs. Glass for Jimmy. I mean, for Clive. And now Larry called me for a year to get that song. A year. I got Eve version. I still have Eve's version, by the way. You do? Yeah. And then I have who it came out on, which was Leona Lewis. Oh, yeah. It came out on Leona Lewis, which, mind you, Leona Lewis wasn't even in the picture when we started the conversation. Clyde was trying to get it. So I got one hand, so the conundrum was I'm walking around, (laughs) and I'm telling people I'm in the middle of a bitter war of a song. Mm -hmm. And Clyde is like, no, no. And and everybody's like, who? I said, Eve or Whitney Houston? Eve (laughs) or Whitney? (laughs) What you talking about? Eve is a rapper, Whitney. I said, well, it's a hit. They don't, they gonna they don't find care. a the way. Way. Yeah, they are. Nigga, they not letting no hit walk out the door. That 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 doesn't exist in today's music industry. Yeah. That doesn't exist. But when you had a hit, if they knew you had a hit, every chairman, everybody was on your shit to get that record. And they was talking shit about each other. And I'm fucking shocked. Like Clive was like, Jimmy, Jimmy, see, Jimmy doesn't care about you guys winning. Because why would you give a record that Whitney can sing to Eve? He just wants to keep your song. And I'm like, he's right. But I'm like, we signed over there. I'm with this motherfucker. I can't do it. So I was like, Clive, I can't do it. All right. And then here come Larry. Here come LJ. What did he do? 
a, a year straight, he called me at least once every week or two weeks yeah, he and would talk to me for 30, 40 minutes about the song. Yeah, man, you know, Ray, you know, I know you're over there with Jimmy, but, man, you, did you see what we did with such and such? Did you see how many albums Whitney's last album sold? <laughs> Evis, and it was like he was, and, he, and I'm just like, damn, Larry, you relentless. And, bro, Clive got that goddamn song. The only time that Clive ever did an underdog song go by him, and this is one of the biggest underdog songs, because um, he caught everything. He was smart. One time we came in the song that was just okay. He told me it, it felt saccharine. I had to look. I'm like, what the fuck does saccharine mean? I had to look it up. It means sweet. It was too sweet. It wasn't hard enough. He, I needed to be, you know, more cool. He's one of the coolest ever to me. You know, he, um, he changed our lives completely. But um, the song is No Air. We go in there and play No Air, and they just quiet. They didn't say nothing. I think we were trying to, at that point, me and Harvey were maybe thinking Backstreet Boys or something because they needed something. I don't, I don't remember who it was. But it went right by him. And then they called us after the song came out. Can you give us a song like No Air? Mm. After it came out. That was the only Well, I thought it came out on Sony. It did. He just missed it. Oh, wow. They missed the only song they ever, they called everything else. All the hits, they knew what they was. You know, I think they were so used to us doing How You Gonna Act Like That or How Could You? Because they do all, they, they, that's them, all of them records. Mm -hmm. But that just went right by him. Okay, you can finish the story. I just had to interrupt my Cloud Davis story, but you have way more. So finish your story about you sold the record, and now y'all create the underdogs. So, yeah, yeah, so we create the underdogs. And it took us, by the way, I like them girls, um, and this is fair because if you listen to a Damon track, it's going to sound like I was working with Babyface. And if you listen to a Harvey track at that time, it would sound like mm -hmm. he worked with Rodney. So I like them girls. It was very dark childish. You know, uh, <laughs> and them niggas was hot when they heard that. Cause Who it was? Rodney. I'm at, shout out, bro, shout out to Rodney. Right, shout uh, out Rodney to Rodney. Rodney is my. Yeah, love you, Rodney. I love, love you, Rodney. RJ, man. Rodney, and, I apologize he for us. Just, he's a monster. He's a monster. He's most, he'll give you a Bible verse in the middle of coming to get yeah, some business. Yeah, yeah. That nigga, he is not, a, he don't play. But to be fair, we were, we, we both, we both, it took us till, until songs released in 2003, no, 2002. To find our own, um, our own thing, right? And um, I think the underdog sound started with a song called "Gots to Be" by, written by Little Steve from Troop, and uh, and, uh, and me and Harvey. But it started from that sound, and Steve was the, we I think that was the first song we did the dry drums and the stuff that just kind of felt dry. Mm -hmm. We was getting away from the pretty, exactly the pretty stuff, just to make it sound exactly. urban, right? And, um, and then we did a song. There was another song we did for Mario on his first album called What Your Name Is. And that was probably just, I said, okay, I'm finding it now. And then those are things that we co-wrote with Little Steve. Yeah. And then Little Steve got mad at us and left. <laughs> right? He came back. But he left at that point okay. in time. Because he's a co-writer. I'm laughing at the name Little Steve. I love Little Steve. He's my brother. Got you. Shout out to Little Steve. Shout out to Troop. There would be no, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to create this stuff without these guys. Exactly. Um. And then there was, um, so then the day that I pulled up to the house, we're going to get to the pull up at the house, I met Eric Dawkins that day. So it was a trade-off for me. Mm. Eric Dawkins is one of the greatest human beings ever and one of the greatest songwriters ever. And we wrote, how you going to act like that together? Um, that was the first song we ever done together, but I met him at Brandy's house. Mm -hmm. I pull up in my Ferrari. and um, <laughs> I'm telling you, Ray J's on the front porch of Brandy's house. By the way, I'm the one that introduced Kim and Brandy. And but you also introduced Ray J. No, Ray J also met 
You was there the day Ray J met Kim. Yeah, Kim. I saw the look and I said, "Oh shit, I'm in the convertible." What did, what did the look too. say? What did the look say? I mean, you know what it is. You know they it was on that bullshit. So we pull, I pull up <laughs> and then I walk in the house and I see I see Eric on the piano. So I'm not paying no attention to Kim at this point. They they doing whatever they doing. I'm trying to get to Eric Dawkins because mm-hmm. I knew who he was. It's a, I swear I'm in, I was in the Matrix. I had to move to Georgia to get out the Matrix so I could really think about all the shit that happened mm-hmm. and really, really kind of take it all in for what it really is. Now I can talk about it. But Georgia <laughs> saved my life because I was in the Matrix. Kanye right now. I'm sorry, Kanye. To that. <laughs> my boy's in the Matrix. I love you, Kanye. First of all, <laughs> I think that he's one of the best rappers on the planet Earth. Yes. I can now wear Yeezys now that they divorced. Yes. And um, So hold on, you won't wear Yeezys because he's I married never to had a poor case. Hey, can you send me a box? So you know what Yeezys because he's married to your ex-wife? No, I never wear them. <laughs> yeah. But I'll wear them now if he sends them to me. I'll okay, all. okay, okay. I'll wear them all. Um, but um, anyway, so I pull up and I see the little friction going on with Ray J and uh, Kim or whatever. And we were at we were at a space anyway where, you know, I was, was cool. rough times. It was rough times. I knew what it was. I had I had this this girl, I can't say her name, but she was bad as hell. And um, Kim laid out in front of I can't even say Mind that. you, so I just want y'all to know. It's a, this is my friend, so a lot of the times I gotta make sure that they cool with shit because we work. We got the book coming. Yeah, got so a lot Who's of shit. It was my okay. So just talk about that. When I when I met Damon, like I said, he was like nigga nigga, and I remember I was like we was talking one day, and you know we was talking about how he was married to Kim and all this other shit, and I was like man, you know like man, you need to do a book, man. He was like. I'll do one. Let's do it. I was like, yeah, let's do a book. And I was like, man, we need to call that shit First King of Calabasas. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> That's hard, right? <laughs> he was like, That's it. <laughs> go get a we're gonna get a partner. We write the book called the First King of Calabasas. I'm like, bro, you were the first one that you was, every everybody live in Calabasas now, but you was the first. We were one of the first. I mean, there's a lot of people living in Calabasas. I'm we saying, were but you were, the, you were the first. Yeah. From our culture? King of the niggas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. King of the niggas. I was I'm in, in Lambo, Lambos in California. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy. Now it's, now it's yeah. probably it's Lambos yeah. everywhere in Calabasas. Yeah, everybody bro. driving them like they know. But back but in that time, I, they, the knew they, they saw I, a Lambo, they knew that I, was Damon. That was me, a Ferrari in the Lambo. I'd go to the club. I'd have my assistant drive the Ferrari, and I'm in the Lambo. That's how we pulled up. Don't it get was, no ideas, Jay. It was, huh? No, I said, don't get no ideas to my assistant. Let's oh, go. Yeah. yeah. He got a nice haircut, so he's going to definitely be in the Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can only fit, what, one in the Lambo? <laughs> and that's no point. You can only fit, like, one or two in the Lambo. That's all you need. You got to, you got to have might, a second I, car hold, for hold, everybody else. Hold, hold, hold on. Did you just see me pull hold up? Hold <laughs> man, can I please tell a Mr. Child story, man? I'm sorry. Like, I know we all over the place, man. I'm sorry. I'm fucking up your interview. Yeah, I'm enjoying But this is my fucking brother right here. Let me tell you the story. So, what did so, I do? So, hold on. Listen. So, this is my first time at Epic. So, like, you know, this, I, I've always been good. But I ain't really ever been around it until I started working for L.A. Reid. And L.A. would like put, L.A. was the first dude to be like, yo, Justin Timberlake, you need to know Ray. Mary, you need to know Ray. J-Lo, you need to know, like, he was that guy, right? So now I'm hanging out with Damon. And <laughs> Damon like, hey, what you doing tonight? I'm like, shit, man. I'm with you. You know me. I'm like, I'm with you, whatever. So he said, oh, nigga, we going to miss a child. So I, was yeah. like, I was like, I said this today no. at dinner because I came to dinner. I said, I've been to Mr. Child's and eaten 2,000 times. No, 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 at listen. Least. No, 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 listen. So he tells me, we're going to Mr. Child's. So I'm like, all right, let's go Mr. Child's. So he, I was like, bro, it's, 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 about, to, it's about to close. Oh, close? Yeah. <laughs> nigga, watch this. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, midnight. It's like, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. He called him. Hey, this is Damon. We're on our way. And mind you, he didn't have a credit card. 
he had nothing but cash. Yeah, I'm in there. And, <laughs> and when we walked in, he's saying, he's dapping everybody up at the restaurant who's waiting on only us. Mind you, we ain't there for like two hours. Just yeah, me, yeah. you, and like some chicks. And we walked in and he was dapping everybody up. And these are like Asian guys, very like respectful. And every time he's dapping them up like, what's up, my nigga? And he's giving them all hundreds as he's dapping them up. And, every, and everybody's just like happy as fuck. He like, no, I can tell you the nationalities. Kristen was white. He was super, he was French. Yeah. And then there was the other dark haired dude. I think he was Italian. He's giving everybody hundreds. Yeah, 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 my yeah, nigga, yeah. this is my nigga. Hey. You know what I want. I want blah, 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 blah. You know what I want. And they giving it to him. And they giving it to him. For the record, they, y'all, I don't know if I said the N-word that many times. No. I did. I did. I'm to tell you. I was in. That's incredible. Because you got to understand something. Like, that was incredible to me. Because I'm like, this nigga's calling everybody the way. Hey, hey, Nick, Nick. That's my. And he wasn't saying it like that. He was like, respectful. Like, yeah. that's my nigga right there. You know the cake I want? Yes, Mr. Thomas. Mr. <laughs> Thomas. And I'm just sitting there with him. I'm just like, this thing is really like the first king of Calabasas, bro. Well, I had a good time. I, had a I good ain't time. never been around you and I had a good time. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good time. I ain't never been around you. But, okay, so I know we all over the place. I'm fuck, what so we got now? That's a great segue. So, you know, it's a lot of conversation going on in the internet right now. Um, Kanye posted some allegations about Kim. Uh, so, you know, you've been married to her before, so what do you think about that? Ray J. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, we <laughs> elaborate. We need some. <laughs> it's the same damn thing, ain't it? The what happened to you? Change. Ray J. Yeah, it's the same thing. He experienced, look, I, look, I have a lot of respect for her. She's a winner. She's a billionaire, whatever they're saying. She's working, doing her thing. But she do her thing the way she do her thing. Women are empowered to do what they want to do. Guys think they only want to go, go get somebody else. She wouldn't got somebody else. Turn out. I guess it was that nigga from Phoenix Suns. So how the fuck's that? Yeah, if you want to play, she played too. That's what it is. Women going to do with girls can be do. Girls can be players too. Yeah, yeah. Babyface told me something. He asked me a question. Did you mess around on? It was a relationship. Did you mess around on that girl? I said, well, yeah. Well, why can't she mess around on you too? Changed my life. From then on, I didn't mess around on nobody else. Because you got to, you got to, you can't expect because you're a man that you can't, that they can't do it too. Yeah. She just did what he probably was doing. That's all. So, you know, if I'm a black man about to enter the Kardashian family, what's the rules to survive? How do you survive? <laughs> Nigga, do what I did. I'm still here. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> what, what'd you do? How'd you survive? <laughs> I'm gone. I filed for divorce. I'm out of there. Duck and dodge. Yeah, no, they great people, man. They are some of the, look, that's one of the nicest families I've been around, and they're nice. But I knew I had, I wanted to do. I wanted to do it my way, a different route. I'll take my 25 mil opposed to having a billion and be happy. I'm happy as hell. Yeah, you, but you always have it no matter what the situation is. Yeah. Can you, can you survive off 25 mil? Yeah. What you need a billion for? to be? That don't make you happy. That makes you even went through some shit to get to that billion. <laughs> now, I still think I can make a billion in the next 10 years. Yeah. Because I'm smarter now and I'm in the ownership. And I got this man right here. We're going to go get the bag. <laughs> you fucking but, right. But... You know, you have to be like, so with, with, with that being said, like, for instance, ownership, I didn't even know what that was. We were making so much money, and so much money was being thrown at us that I didn't get that. I can't take my song, Never Gonna Let You Go, and put it on Instagram right now without me getting a, a notice five minutes later saying, you don't own, I own the publishing, but you don't own the rights to this, the song. Rights to this song. You know what that means? They own the masters. Everybody does. That's what a lot of people say about that you know so moving forward i decided two things like when i got here for you he, he's the reason i'm here first yeah of all. i was always telling you to come to atlanta you need to come here and i when i got here he said you can't leave so i stayed i was only coming here to do a gig yeah. he said stay here so i'm here right 
And I met my partner, and we've, we, we've built this pop label, and we're doing some other things. But the, the point that I'm making is the transition from Harvey sounding like Rodney and me sounding like Babyface took a few years. Mm-hmm. It took me a few years here to figure out what I'm doing. So yeah. outside of my label stuff, which I'm going to own, now I'm placing records with Usher and Cardi yeah, B exactly. and all the different things. I'm, but I want to be on the same chart that Toronto's on. I don't want to be on that lavender <laughs> chart. What, what chart? What colors? By the way, by the way, he's the first person to ever tell me that I want to be on a purple chart. I want to be on the red chart. chart yeah. like, he was always telling me like, and I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? You want to be on it because mo- it's not about money for me. When I when, do you think I think about money when I go in the studio? No, fuck no. no. No, but when you when you look at them, when you want them residuals, you want the stuff to be right, right? Exactly. I get you know I I get Dream Girls checks because we were smart in putting ourselves, placing ourselves as producers mm-hmm. into um, movies. When we did a movie, we out of Compton, right? You, did, you worked on Shout Out Compton. The, all the, we had to do, we had to redo the music for that because they didn't have Talking a master. To the mic, they gotta get you the I'm mic. sorry, they didn't have the master, so mm-hmm. we had to go redo those tracks, and we did that with a couple of our engineers, Andrew Hay mm-hmm. and. Um, can't think of the other guy that worked for us, but we we redid this stuff, and I'd have to go to the studio every day at a.m. to cut. I cut the rap stuff. Harvey yeah. he cut the singing stuff, so yeah. I would cut Ice Cube's son um, O'Shea, and I would cut Jason Mitchell, who played Easy. We cut yeah. all those vocals. So when you're watching the movie, sometimes you're not hearing the. Um, most of the time, you're not hearing the yeah. original song. Yeah. We had to make that shit sound like that, and we yeah. did that. That's like people don't even realize that. That's crazy. You can, know. Can you can you give us a shug story? I'll give you a shug story. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really want the smile. First of all, he did one, one of my top five Tupac songs is Smile. Smile, yeah, Smile. Smile for me. Damon did that. So I'll give you the story. <laughs> the story is, and um, everybody's heard this. I did that in the thing, but I'll give it to you. You know, I I, I met Shug because of Danny Boy Stewart. Yeah, Danny Boy liked me because I did this stuff on Brandy's first album. Uh huh. And he was like, Shug, I want I want him because Danny Boy was R and B, so I wasn't going to Death Row to do rap. But when Suge heard me do one song for Danny Boy that went on the um, it went on the soundtrack. What's the movie that um, Tupac did? Above the Rim? No, '96. Oh, um, the, the cop movie. Um, yeah, the cop movie. Yeah, I didn't my. So it went on that soundtrack. By then, that was by the way, that was my first end title. I did a song with Danny Boy that was the end title. I didn't even know what the end title was. End title is huge. So now, if I'm in the underdogs, we doing. The whole, all the music for a movie, and then the end title is the last song for the movie, like Rihanna's song yeah. for uh, Wakanda. Uh, uh, Wakanda exactly. is an end title. That's you want that end title. That's huge. Exactly. You can get an Oscar because of that. You can get all kinds of stuff happens, right? Exactly. So, so back to Suge. So Suge hears that song. Can you? I, you can work with Tupac, and then Suge wanted to name me Assassin. I'm a church nigga. I'm like assassin. So I'm like, I'm, I, I can't. My mom and I, I can't be called the assassin, nigga. You the assassin, right? Everybody called him Simon, by the way. They didn't even call him Suge. Everybody For real? Him, oh, like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, they called him Simon. So let me tell you, my experience with Suge was crazy because he was always super kind to me. Um, and um, until he got out of prison and he didn't have no money, he was tripping with people a little bit, but I was never afraid. You want me to tell the one yeah. when I wasn't afraid? No, I want, you to, I want you to tell the one how you, the Tupac smile, how did that come around? It came about like this because I did, so there's a song called, um, for the fight. I did the fight for the Mike Tyson movie. I did that. When you go watch, you can pull it up online. The Mike Tyson fight Tupac song before he got shot. I did that record. I had that track done when he got there. Oh, wow. He go, he walks into the booth. By the way, he's this is a, he was at a studio called Track Records. That ended up being the underdog studio. So this is 10 oh, years wow. or 20 years prior to us taking over that exactly. studio, right? And um, so I work with him. I do the last records with him. And... um. He said, he said, you got another record on the beat? 
I had my equipment there, so I created another beat. Nigga wrote that one. You got another beat? I'm like, God, dog. So we stayed up until we didn't go to bed. We stayed up all night. I kept creating. When beats. I took, you was your songs the last you recorded before he passed? The last ones. I'm the last yeah. producer to ever do pop. That's Period. crazy. Period. So we do like ten records in one night, and um, on one song he's talking about doing something to Jay Z. That's when I got scared. I said, Oh, they tripping, right? Because I'm not, I'm exactly. not even in rap music. I'm just I'm an R and B producer at this point. Exactly. They, they, they threw me into rap music. My first artist rapper to work with was uh, Tupac Damn. at his height. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I didn't even yeah. know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I mean, if you can make a beat, you can make anything. You know what I mean? Like, half of that, if you think of the, you think of Drake and Chris Brown song, that's an R&B beat. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not about a rap beat first. So this is about music, making exactly. great music, things to feel good. So Smile For Me came, and they, Sugar got, got um, Scarface on it. Because mm-hmm. I did two versions of it. There's a couple versions of it, you know, because after he, after he passed, we had to figure out how we wanted to make everything sound because some of those tracks weren't all the way done. So I had to go back in and produce and work mm-hmm. on those tracks. And, you know, um, the Outlaws jumped on some of the songs. Mm. That was his crew at the time. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was crazy because I had never seen anybody that talented before, ever. Brandy's that talented in a different way. But as a rapper, he just wrote so fast, and he smoked so... I had never been around weed like that. I didn't drink or smoke or anything, so... It messed me up. I was tore up. That I mean, I was had contact high because he smoked so much weed, right? But he was he was um, he was super nice, super kind, and one of the most talented people I ever worked with. Um, so I got a question. So I got a question. Yeah. Give me give me some of your hits that you wrote, and tell me who they were about. Mm. I know what you're getting at. I just want you to know I'm saying because because I feel like, you know, a lot of artists and stuff listen to it. And sometimes I always say, write about your life, write real shit. Um, I'm just going to go with how I'm going to go with how you're going to act like that. So Eric is more of the bigger, the bigger writer on that. I'm the music. I wrote the music. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, because I did the music, I had to put that. When, I think I sent that record to, to Kim because she was tripping. That's when the cheating started. <laughs> right. And then you cheating, on, you, you cheating or her cheating? We both was. You, I'm saying, I, but you said it, she started. I just, but it don't make it right. Just because somebody <laughs> starts something, you don't supposed to go do it too. That's what I've learned exactly. as, as an adult. You don't do that, you know. Um, but anyways, it, that was the first one, and then I bought her a new Mercedes, right? It like, you know, like, like yeah, got you. You know, like your Mercedes, like yeah. the big. I had yeah. the big boy. She had the big boy on rims, right? I'm sorry, my mic on rims, and then I had the the two door convertible. On, on rims. So we had kind of like this Mercedes thing going on. What nobody had. Didn't nobody, nobody our age have that. Yeah. So we fly. We running around L.A. So when she starts to mess with Ray J, these niggas is riding around in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking about this story, and it's me, Eric, and me, Eric Harvey, Tony Dixon, and Jay Valentine. By the way, Tony Dixon, you talked about the song, Oh, Recently, this week, stop leaving my name out of shit, nigga. Period. We <laughs> For real, I can't stand lying ass niggas. But anyway, I'm gonna mention his yeah. name, yeah. even though he did that. Yeah. Sort of like don't if just because somebody cheat don't mean you gonna gotta cheat with them. Exactly. Nigga, stop playing with me. Exactly. All right. So, um, 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 how could you? We was talking about how could you, Mario? Mario. How could so, you let somebody? There's lines. Like I remember the lines. Tell me. I want you. <laughs> how could you? Eric, Eric, Eric knew the story. He knew I was hot. I was yeah. hurt. Yeah. 
And Eric was like, how can you let him in the front and leave me in the back seat? How could you? How could you? And then Dave Valentine came with the, how could you give that, that nigga that yellow Kama Sutra? We was in there with bars. But wasn't <laughs> nobody else saying that on no R&B song. Exactly. That's what made the underdog special. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, so we came with that. We came, that's one of them records. That was definitely about, so Eric just broke up with his fiance. I was, and look, I had Tank Tyrese living with me in my mansion up on top of cold water um, because I was, I was distraught, but we made up for it for a whole year. I had a pool that was 105 degrees every day. And we called it the hot dog water and the girls was in that thing. And so that's what we did. Yeah. Then we should write a movie about the hot dog water. <laughs> no, I don't Tyrese didn't even drink, but he made the drinks for all the, all the girls that would come Got over, you. right? <laughs> I'm making they hits and we having a good time. Exactly. And um, you know, it's gonna all be in the book. They got the book. The book, the book is, is definitely legendary. Coming. You know, first king of Calabasas. First is king coming. of Calabasas. We already so, got the first draft. Yes. <laughs> really yes. written. Yeah. So we 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 come with. It's not just about. It's not gonna be some salacious book. It's nah, gonna be it's, about but, the music business. But I think it's also. Life. But I think yeah. it's also about telling the story of. You know, like you didn't care. I always tell people, I'm like, man, your story matters. And you yeah. know, I think, you know, Drake got the song, Cal- what's the song? Drake got with Calabasas, uh, freestyling Calabasas, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's like it's famous now, right? Yeah. But first person that I knew was out there was you. Yeah, but I feel like when I listen to Drake records, he's talking about it. I feel like I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I I feel like when I w- listen to Drake songs, he's talking about that stuff. I feel like I lived that movie already, a different version <laughs> of it, for real. Like he's just going through what I went through. He just got way more money than I had at that time. I was a struggling millionaire. He's a billionaire. So <laughs> he's a struggling. What is a struggling millionaire? A nigga that ain't got a hundred million yet. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't got a hundred million yet, you can spend all that shit you got. You got ten million, it could be gone if you're not smart. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. a, that's a struggling millionaire. You gotta you gotta be smart. Like you're a smart millionaire. Yeah, everybody's not smart. Yeah, appreciate you. I appreciate. Yeah. You. So you taught us, you know, black men how to maneuver. If you part of the Kardashian family, you know, you're the first one married to Kim, right? Absolutely. So, Ray J did not hit it first. Let's put it for the record. <laughs> oh shit, so, he didn't. You no, right? That's a lie. That's a song. That's crazy. He didn't write a song addressing yeah. that. Yeah, it's gonna be in the book. Okay, okay. <laughs> you gotta have a chat to call. I actually hit it first, Ray. Nah, I, I'm not gonna even say. I, I just fucking with. You. I just. I'm not even you. gonna cap and say I'm the that, but he definitely didn't do that. So that's just all cap. He took a. He took it from you. By the way, after Whitney Houston passed away, Ray J manned up. This is 2000. I don't know what year it was, but Ray J came to my studio and said, "Hey, man, look, I apologize for." I said, "No, man, you ain't gotta apologize to me. I'm okay. You gotta worry about when you get married." That coming to you. We all, if you do something, those things come back to you. Damn. That's deep, bro. Yeah, I, I wasn't mad at him. I'm like, let's make some records. I don't care nothing about that. I'm, I'm past that heartbreak. Damn, man, that's deep. <laughs> you want to go to the studio? Let's get some money. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get money. So uh, what was it like being a part of the Kardashian family? I'll tell you this. If you're not strong like me, every man can't do what, <laughs> say what I just said, right? You gotta, you gotta have a different. Not forget the Kardashian family. To be in the music business, you gotta be strong because there's a lot of people. Everybody wants to point at them, but everybody's doing this to this one, or screwing this one, or doing this one, and you can get hurt. You gotta have some tough ass skin. It ain't the Kardashian curse. It's the, it's our, it's the entertainment business curse. If you're not strong enough to handle it, I call it, I call it the access curse. Yeah, some niggas, some people get access, and then. 
they lose their goddamn mind. Do you think somebody, do you think that what they got is so special that when you go get to it, that it's going to change your life in a way where you're going to be down? <clears throat> nah. No. Not me. It's the industry. Everybody yeah. wants to blame it on. Yeah, I, I feel like no matter. And it, I think it's a shallow thought to it's, say. It's, it's, everything is temporary. Like. No, I ain't going to cap. No, it's, no, I'm just saying everything. What I mean by that is like, I never got caught up in the game because I always knew it wasn't real. It was always like, it's temporary. Like, like I remember um, somebody was telling me that uh, Rodney, one day me and Rodney Dragon was talking, he was just yep. like, man, like at one point in time, because you know, Rodney and Mike was best friends. They know? were. He was close. And Mike, and he was like, you know, Ray, at one point in time, Tommy Mottola was the most powerful he was. person in the music industry. And then the next day he wasn't. So Just like that. So, but, but is that real power? Is that power? Or was that? So that's why I was, it's like, don't ever get caught up in this shit. Cause you, you, know, the, you know the people who survive? People like him and me, because we can go, you got to be able to, you got to be able to surf, nigga. Mm-hmm. Get you a surfboard if you want to go marry a Kardashian. <laughs> you got to be able to ride the wave and dodge, nigga. Get, I <laughs> dodge what, though? Dodge, it's not them. Because what comes with them, it comes, it, it's the entertainment business. You know what I mean? Like, Chris Jenner is the best surfer on the planet Earth. She figured out how to ride the wave and made everybody wealthy. How you going to hate on her for that? That's crazy. Yeah, Kanye's wealth went up because of that. Yeah. He's our, he, he was Every, already, all of their wealth went up. By yeah, everybody, there's two. That was a mutual, uh, yeah, come up, yeah, yeah, exchange. Yeah. They all they benefited from it. And now, so what do you what do you think about the child support shit? Man, shoot, two hundred thousand dollars a month in child support. But this is how I looked at it. You can I say this? If you were a billionaire, I about to say that's one point six million dollars a year. No, 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 it's two point four. No, million. no, I mean, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, it's two point four million dollars a year. Thirty six million over the time. Yeah, the kids. But, I no, did the math. But, but two point. <laughs> but listen, okay, two point four million dollars for a year. Ye can get that from a show. He can. That's literally. That's how I looked at it. That's one That's show. That's not how I looked at it. She's going to be a, an amazing mom to his children. And they exchange a lot of things. And for, I look at it two ways. I think he wants to be the one to say, ain't nobody ever paid that because you ain't never heard of mm-hmm. nobody. I think Christian Ronaldo pays 100000 Yeah. And he's one of the richest, he's yeah. one of the richest on, the, on the planet Earth, right? Mm-hmm. So Kanye's at the top of the game when he's saying, I paid that two hundred k you know? So I think that, first of all, I think it's, I always say it's relative. When I talk to people, I'm always like, my advice to people is always like, that's relative. So I remember, I never forget, I asked somebody one day, I was like, man, you know, coming up, I'm trying to come up, I'm, I seen somebody with a house in the pool, and I was like, man, this pool is beautiful, man. Like, how much does it cost to keep this pool up? And he was like, and I said, no, I said, is it expensive to keep this pool up? And he was like, expensive is relative. What's expensive to you ain't expensive to somebody else. That's true. It's just really about how you see it. That's true. So... When you, if you ain't got 200,000 and you see, or if you got a million and you see 200,000, you're like, I'm fucked. Oh, you're but in five you, months, you gone. But, but you gotta also look like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, four months. No, no, five, you gotta five, live. Yeah, exactly. You gotta live, so four months, you gone. But when you look at it from the standpoint of like, that's just a show. That's literally, he probably made that much money from his listening session at the Dome. No, he's gonna make that money off of the money that Adidas still gotta pay. They gonna yeah, start the pain. Of course. That's what I'm saying. So people it's like, don't realize, what people don't realize is he made a contract. It's sort of like, you know how academics be talking about old people, mm-hmm. right? Now he's the new guy. Mm-hmm. You got to respect what they, they pay. He's got, Kanye's the new Michael Jordan. His deal is way different. Yeah. So he, he gets to, it's different. He's going to get paid. Exactly. No matter, we can call him whatever you want to call him. He's going to get paid. That's nothing, man. That's not, I mean, Adidas right. said we're going to put out your, his shoes without his name on them, but they still have, excuse me. They still have to pay. 
So, you know, I also I, I make it a, I make it a habit not to count other people's money. That is the worst. Well, I, I just look at it from that. I just look at it from the standpoint of like, I just add it up for the year. So yeah, if I yeah, hit hundred thousand yeah. money, I'm like, that's one point two million a year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm, if you you might make that in one show. Like, come on, man. Like, it's it, you think. So here's my question to you. With all this, because I don't know. You yeah. know, you know, this is things that you know better than me. You think with all that time, um, we've been talking for 56 minutes. You're going to need. <laughs> I'm a, this is out of control. I'm you we got to do another. <laughs> we got to do a whole bunch of these. Okay, so do you think with, um, and I can be a regular. I can come over here once a week and we can talk music no, business. No, no, bro, we got to. We got okay. to. I got, I can be like the new He's a reoccurring guest. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah, reoccurring yeah, yeah. guest. I'm on here. Let's go. Okay, so. You know, Matthew, you're the only person. That if I'm out of town, you got permission to sit in my seat. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm gone. You can feel the show, body. I'm gone. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get an alternate sign with your name on it. Just to keep I need playing. that. I need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I got okay. you. Let's do it. All right, so here we go. What do you think happens after? I thought he would be okay until I saw the thing yesterday. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Now everybody know me. Know everybody know me. Know that I love Yay, but in the but the first time I was like, man, come on. Oh. Yeah, that's the shit much. I saw yesterday with, yeah, the, too much. with the Alex Jones thing. But I would say this. I, I feel like this. I hate to crucify someone for one move. I hate that personally because I just know that I can make a mistake tomorrow. Right? But, I, don't think it's a, I don't think we're trying to crucify him. No, 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 no. Yeah. What no. What I'm saying is, is that I try, to give person, I try to give a person intent. The thing about Ye that I really say is that, first of all, it was... That was a, to me, that was the dumbest shit he could have ever said, right? When he said slavery was a choice, I met him where he was. And I was like, well, I guess it was a choice because you could have just died. You could have just, some slaves chose to jump off the boat. Yeah, I'm jumping off the boat. Jump off the boat and, and, and die rather than be a slave. You feel what I'm trying to say? So I, I, I guess in that sense, it's like, slave, you know what I mean? Yeah, I always yeah. try to understand. And I understand where he was coming from with this, where he was basically saying, Kanye's problem is, is that Kanye has a problem with authority. Right, he he has a problem with authority. If you pay attention to his whole career, he always went against what looked like the biggest machine, and he did anything he had to do to back his point up. He used any example, right? I remember when he said, "Hip hop is the opposite of gay," and it was like, you know, what I mean, you know what I'm trying to say? Like he's always went at whatever the machine is. He's always seen himself as an underdog, right? So where does that stop? No, no, I'm about to say, but I think I feel bad because. I genuinely fuck with him, but I'm like, say me and Damon mad at each other, right? Damon's my brother. I'm mad as fuck at Damon, and I know you hate him. I know you hate everything he represents, but I'm, I'm by myself now. I, don't, I ain't talking to Damon. I ain't talk, and you're like, man, come on my platform, and let's talk about what you're going through. I could say, man, I want Damon to go to hell. You're going to be like, yeah, I understand. You know what I'm trying to say? Sometimes you got to be surrounded by people who's like, hey, we can't do that. Yo, like even like even if I'm, even if he said that on this platform, I'd be like, I understand what you're saying, but you got to understand how it's coming off. Because he was basically saying, as a Christian, I love everybody. That's what he was trying to say. Yeah. But certain people are the devil's children, and I guess you're supposed to love them too. But whoever the devil's ch- child hurt, when you say you love them, you're basically going against whoever that. Yeah. Man so my hurt. my thing with that. So that's a slap in the face of. But that that's whoever hurt. So let's so let's just like, for me, I have I have so much respect for the Jewish community, and we work with them. We work with them with um, with them, and I just think that's how does that how does that for him end up like 
they don't just they don't they're not just the president of a label. They run the media. Like how does it how does that fall out for him at the end of the day? Is my question because I don't understand that. Um, Nobody's ever done this, by the way. Yeah, I, this no. I, this this the one I was like, man, went too far. So if you his friend and you you know you got his best interest, what if anything can you say to him? What do you say to him? You can't. You went too far. You went too far. That means you. That's I think. I think. I think as a friend, I ride with you, but you tripping. Yeah. Like I like yo, David. Honest. Like you. I love you, but you tripping. Like you gotta look at like if your brother says something like that, you like, man, I love you, bro, but you fucking wrong. And I feel like right now, he doesn't trust anybody, and then I feel like there's people around him who are. That's why I say to artists, man, do not have a manager, uh, uh. Anybody in your corner, an agent, anybody in your corner that is afraid of you. You know, Jay-Z said something smart. I think they asked him a question about Ye, and he was like, you know, sometimes people see things through their eyes differently than you do. Mm-hmm. It was the smartest, most brilliant yeah. answer. Yeah. Because it's true. Like, I could be mad at this person. I've been mad at somebody, and I saw it. I'm going to see it the way I want to see it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it factual. You know what I mean? Like, you got at some point... Have a come to Jesus moment and be real about what, yeah, what so, yeah something wrong, something yeah. wrong. Like so, he need, he need, but when it's you against everybody in your head, you do stupid shit. Like, bro, I love Chris Brown, but remember when Chris Brown thought the world turned on him? Yeah. It was almost like he turned into somebody else because it's like, damn, none of y'all, like, none of y'all gonna give me the benefit of the doubt. Like, to, to just, like, it's like, say if I start can saying I tell you something. Can I Go tell ahead. you what's unfair about him? Everybody wants to, I think, that because they were talking about the AMA performance. And I've been with, I work with Chris Brown. Mark Pitts and Tina Davis brought him to me when he was 15. So. You did, did you did Take You Down. Yeah, but that was the second album. I did Take You Down and No Air and all that on the second. I did most of the second album. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the underdogs did most of the second album. And, um, but, you know, so if you think about the first album, we didn't have any singles on the first album. We have three, four songs on the first album. And um, but he was 19 years old. Like, and where's the responsibility of the adults of the A and R or whoever? Like, why does that? Why does that? What happened that day with two? He's a kid to me. He's still a teenager. Why did that have to fall on? He's wrong. But why are we making him pay for it in 2022? Ten years, eleven years later, twelve years later. That's more than 13, that. Thirteen years later. Thirteen years after 2009. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like. Yeah. Where, where does that? Where does he get an opportunity to? But that's my. That's my. That's if we can, if we can forgive Simon and Garfunkel, whichever they did all that weird stuff, and they were forgiven. What the hell did they do? I don't. I, I don't remember. Oh, no, I'm just saying, up. like some of the bigger white artists, they've done some stuff. You get forgiven, they back in the big, the back in the game. Why is it we crucifying this one artist? Yeah, I think it's the rejection. The rejection is what turns people into monsters, like. Everybody, I don't think babies are born bad. I don't think kids are born bad. I think humans are rejected. Right. And that rejection, some, for some people, it motivates them. Like, oh, yeah, reject me. I'm going to come back stronger. But for some people, it angers them because they like, man, I'm a good person. You reject me? Fuck that. I'm going to hurt everybody. I think he's at the space now where he doesn't, he's hurt by it. He doesn't get, he's not lashing out and doing yeah. dumb shit after he's, because I think the AMAs, did you watch the AMAs this year? No. Nah. They needed his performance. You know what I mean? They needed it. They did. I think every award show in the world needs Chris Brown performance. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 that incredible. He's that. You know, like we don't got ten Michael Jacksons walking around here, but he's one. Yeah, he's. You know what I mean? And that's not hard. That's a hard. That's a hard thing to do. You know yeah. what I mean? You know. So when you talk about publishing and you talk about songs, we got a lot of songs out. We don't got a lot of stars out. 
That's what, what I mean? just said. I always there's said more, I there's more song hit songs than there are hit songs. I mean, hit songs than there are hit stars. There are more faceless hit songs yes. than there are faces that we recognize at this point in time. The American Music Awards came on. Three artists came on. I had no idea yeah. who they were. Exactly. <laughs> like they leading it off. I'm just like, who are who is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. But uh, I want to get back to. I, <laughs> Why are you laughing? I want to. I just love. You, I, I just. I'm in a space of. I feel like you know you have to go through guys. You're gonna go. Your careers are gonna go like this, right? And you gotta catch the weight. Get you a surfboard, cap. right? He no surf. Cap. <laughs> huh? He said no cap. And when you want. When you want that that dip. That dip is when the, the money they ain't coming in the way you wanted to come in. That means you gotta write your way out of the dip to get back on the top of the wave. Yeah. I'm on. I'm writing my way back. You know, L A. LA's famous statement to us was the only thing after hot. It's cold. Yeah, you got. And the only thing that you could do when you cold is get hot. It's right your way out of it. Babyface told me that. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I was in my first year. I didn't understand publishing, but I had my publishing deal with Babyface. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm sorry. I didn't understand publishing, but I had my first deal with Babyface. And I wrote a lot of songs for Yab Young Artist, which was his label. And Sylvia Rohn and um, Tracy Evans had a disagreement. So Jab Young was dropped from Elektra. So I'm thinking... I'm moving into my next term the next year. He says, well, no, you're in suspension. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> what is suspension? Yeah, How am I in suspension? It's so much deep shit. Hold on. I didn't even know. Nobody explained to me what suspension was. So he said, um, hey, man, I, I've been in suspension before when I was with Dick Griffey at Solar. And I had to write my way out of it. So guess what you're going to have to do? Write your way out of it. And that's when I wrote These Are The Times I'm Never Gonna. I got mad. I didn't stop coming to work. I wasn't like F baby face. I kept coming up there, and I was. Then I just got hot. That's what made. That's what got me hot. I have to thank him for suspending me and my thing. I wrote my way out of that deal and entered a like five million dollar deal with EMI directly after I was done with his deal. It's something that got to be addressed. Cause I ain't gonna lie, we got to do like part five, six. You yeah. understand? Like I love talking to David, but I always the you know what Kevin Hall said to me. Kevin Hall gave me the best advice anybody has ever given me. He asked me one day, "How much money do I want for a deal?" For an artist I was working with. And I was like, I want $750,000, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, where you get that number from? It was like, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He was like, no, 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 no. Where you get that number from? Where you get that $750,000 number from? I was like, he said, be honest. You made that shit up, didn't you? I was like, aren't I supposed Hell to? Yeah, I'm supposed to, right? And he was like, you just, you thinking just like every other nigga out here that think no they're going to come up. Because I'm saying I want a million dollars. And he said, don't say you have a dollar amount in your head without figuring out how the person who gives you the money gets that money back. Shit changed my entire life. It was like every time I thought about a deal, I thought about how. Well, can listen, I, I knew how I was going to get. I was going to write my way out of every check I got from me and my. And um, I knew I could do that. I kept recouping. I stayed recouping. You know how many, you know how hard it is to recoup when you're getting three million, five million dollar advances? I was. Doing that all day long with the MI. It was way easier back then than this. Yeah, 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 it is. It was. Because you, 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 you had record sales. So you can get a record on, I mean, if you got a record on Chris Brown's first album, it could have been a damn album cut. It don't oh, matter. No question. Yeah, but I had multiple songs on those albums. And I, those records, like Justin Timberlake's first album did 10 million worldwide. One song. I, mean, I made millions of dollars off that. No Air made like five, six million dollars on my end. Yeah. In royalties, this in public, so that that's how you recoup. You gotta write. You gotta write copyrights. Mm -hmm. You have to. You can't just. Everybody's trying to get away with an album cut. Like 
first of all, I'm a big fan of the baby, right? I like him. He's cool. Yeah. I went to his concert. Yeah. But the song that he did at the American Music Awards, I'm watching him perform, the baby? and I'm looking at the crowd. Okay. Little Baby. No. A Little Baby. I already said, they let the baby perform? No, no, the, Little yeah. Baby. And I'm, and I'm watching him perform from them, and there was such a, they didn't get it. We get it here in Georgia, because that's his club, that's his place. But they just didn't, you know, they, I don't mm-hmm. know that they got that when I'm, when I'm watching an award show. Exactly. And I'm thinking to myself, even with him, there's got to be a song that they get, that everybody gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's my thought process. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, well, I gotta. By be the honest. way, I think he's the dopest rapper, young little baby. baby. Yeah, yeah little, little baby. baby. First he's, of all, he's he, the truth, and he's, he's one the of the realest. I think that's making him big. But he's the, he's the realest. But the, it, when you talk about the AMA crowd, can I, can I just say great. something? Is I think because I'm have, we're gonna have to stop now. Okay. But here's the problem. I I I need you to come back. I'm coming back. No, no. Let me ask some more questions. We can do ten. No, 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 no. I need you to come back though, because. No, seriously, because can I tell y'all this something? Is, He's this is, this that. is our conversations, but I got like a hundred questions, bro. We've been talking for over an hour, and I ain't really got the no questions. That's okay. We're gonna get to it. <laughs> Let me tell you guys something. I've been in here. I'm here with Ray. I called Ray on Thanksgiving. I called him on Monday ten times at least. He responded with "Nigga, can you come and um do this thing today?" Yeah. That was his response. That's my friend. <laughs> Every time he I like, calls, I'm showing up. I need you pull but up next today. time y'all go to, I'm saying this for radar. Oh no, no, we going, we going, we, we probably we going, we going before the years out. I'm, you, you know what I'm gonna say? You don't have to say it. Next time y'all go I, listen, out to no, a but, club uh, and I don't go. No, no, we go. We gonna go to Keith Keith Thomas and B Cox night. Listen, let but me hit, tell you what I'm gonna do. Hold on, then you get Keith a hit. Yeah. Okay, so Keith. It's time to pay back us now, kid. Listen, no, we I'm need a, a discount on. We need I'm paintballing your Range Rover. You don't. You don't <laughs> and it's my birthday. No, 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 no. Hold on. When your birthday? You miss, you know, you know, you miss me because you got sick. Yeah, you yeah. All me. Yeah, I you, know. And I, y'all, I'm gonna tell you, I'll be lightweight, jealous because Ray be. Hold on, I am a Capricorn. Ray will post happy birthday to his friend. Nah, man, I'm picture. posting it to you. No, I didn't get it. I'm posting it now. Okay, that's what I need. No, I'm saying, and when, you, yeah. when your birthday? Tell me today. December 27th, and it's the worst day. Listen, that's why. listen, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, a, I'm setting the date. Hold on, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have a time. We setting the time, and I'm gonna. I'm personally. You told me to move here. I'm, I'm here. I'm Nobody tells listen, me I don't get listen, no birthday listen, celebration. Listen, I'm personally gonna get you a. Uh, I'm personally gonna get you a section. Okay. I'm personally. I'm. I'm gonna pay for it myself. Okay. And I'm gonna have the DJ do a Damon Thomas set. I need that. I need my flowers now. I shouldn't say that. Nah, but nigga, you not. Nah, nah. Said that. That ain't funny. <laughs> That's not funny. I got scared. I really got scared. <laughs> Take that out. Really got no, no, that's good. That's actually amazing that you said I need my butt. Do nope. not say that. I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I, it's like Candyman. You ain't you're, you ain't say it three times. No, I didn't say it three times. I'm okay. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.